Hare Krishna. So our speaker is very well known, uh, needs no introduction, but uh, still uh, we need to do some formalities here. Um, Her Grace Rukmini Devidasi, she joined, she met devotees in San Francisco, long time ago, 1968. Took initiation from um, our Paramguru Sri Prabhupada in Montreal. Then she served more than 20 years in um, temple starting 1993 and moved here in Washington DC uh, with her husband, His Grace Anutama Das for establishing ISKCON Communications. Uh, she teaches, leads workshops and retreats. She's a board of director in the Bhakti um, Center in New York and also ISKCON Sabha International Advisory Group. She's a founder of Arvan Devi Collective, which meets monthly as well as annually. It leads the Vaishnava Christian Dialogue. The introduction will not be complete if I didn't say she's the dear mother of a famous global kirtanier, Gauravani Das. So let's help me welcome Her Grace. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you all. Good to see you all today. Yeah, in Mayapur, they just call me Gauravani Ma. <laughs> That's good enough. Today, I'd like to speak about being surprised. You might be surprised that I want to talk about being surprised. Why do I want to talk about being surprised? Sometimes, when we come to the temple on Sunday, Maybe we're in a happy mood, maybe we're looking forward to seeing Krishna, dancing, singing the holy name, or maybe sometimes we might be in a rather grumpy mood. Maybe the kids are not on board, the spouse is not on board, or maybe I just had a fight with someone at work, right? It happens, right? So, um, but you know, I think when Ananda Vrindavan, she's not here today, but we have Amrita Gopi outside greeting everyone. So when Ananda or Amrita Gopi greets you at the door and is happy and surprised to see you, your mood can shift so quickly, right? You just feel like, wow, somebody's glad to see me. It's nice, right? So I wanted to talk about being surprised today, being surprised, being noticed, noticing someone else, or maybe noticing Krishna's greatness in nature on this glorious day, beautiful day, right? Being surprised is the beginning of opening our eyes and our hearts to a sense of wonder. And Krishna's wonders are all around us. He says in the Gita that he's the light of the sun and the moon, he's the intelligence in man and women. He's the source of all spiritual and material worlds. And believe it or not, Socrates, the great Socrates said that a sense of wonder is the beginning of wisdom. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So for example, when someone looks up at the stars and ponders life and the source of life and the universe all around us, this is the beginning, right? It's the beginning, a sense of wonder, wow. How many infinite stars are there in the sky? But I want to go back because um, today I'd like, to, I'd like to talk about a contrast of consciousness. 
a contrast between Arjuna's depression at the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita contrasted with the narrator of, narrator of Bhagavad Gita, Sanjaya, who's being thrilled at the end of the Gita. So that troubled mind, that's where Bhagavad Gita begins. Arjuna has big problems, right? Probably bigger than any of us have ever faced, I would, I would venture to say, right? He's being asked to kill his beloved relatives. So the first chapter of Bhagavad Gita is called Arjuna Vishada Yoga, the yoga of Arjuna's despondency. And in that chapter, Krishna speaks only one time in the whole chapter, verse 25, where he points out to Arjuna all the enemies that he's supposed to fight and kill. And as an exemplary teacher, Krishna mostly just listens to Arjuna explaining his dilemma. So you might be wondering, how is depression or despondency a yoga? Yoga means to link, to connect, because Arjuna eventually brings his dilemma to Krishna, connecting it to Krishna. He's moving toward yoga in this Bhagavad Gita conversation and journey. But in the last chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, in the second, last two verses, we see Sanjaya, who is the personal secretary of the blind king Dhritarashtra, in a completely opposite mood. Let me read these two verses. This is verse 76 of the 18th chapter, the last chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Sanjaya says, speaking to his master, he says, O king, as I repeatedly recall this wondrous conversation between Krishna and Arjuna, I take pleasure being thrilled at every moment. And then in the next verse, which is the second to the very last verse of the whole Gita, Sanjaya says, O king, as I remember the wonderful form of Lord Krishna, I am struck with wonder more and more, and I rejoice again and again. It's beautiful, isn't it? So you see the contrast between Arjuna, who's lamenting, and Sanjaya, who is thrilled. So I want to discuss this, unpack it a bit, uh, this contrast between Arjuna's despondency and Sanjaya's being struck with wonder and being thrilled at every moment. Yeah, so in the beginning of the Gita, Arjuna, I would say, is the everyman. He is like us. He's troubled by the dilemmas of his life, right? But then in the later chapters, after Krishna speaks his divine wisdom and transforms Arjuna's hearts, Arjuna has awakened from his despondency in those middle chapters, middle going toward the end, and he's ready to act as Krishna's instrument on the battlefield, right? So, but on the other hand, Sanjaya is speaking to the blind king Dhritarashtra, Dhritarashtra, who Srila Prabhupada says in his purports is both materially and spiritually blind. Dhritarashtra's heart does not get transformed, hearing Bhagavad Gita, right? He's struck by his, he's not struck by wonder, right? He's struck by his, he's stuck, actually, stuck, not struck. He's stuck by his selfish ambition for his sons who oppose the righteous Pandavas the rightful heirs to the throne. But still, he's speaking Bhagavad Gita to Dhritarashtra, and he's thrilled. 
He's struck with wonder. Having, he's, he's heard Krishna's words and he's repeated them faithfully with love. So in a sense, you could say, in one sense you could say that Sanjaya has failed. His words didn't change Dhritarashtra's determination to have his evil sons usurp the kingdom of the Pandavas. And I was thinking how, yeah, we also so often fail in, in our goals. Um, we may fail to touch or change someone's heart, other people we speak to, sometimes our kids, our partner, our friends. But we can also try to offer Krishna's wisdom like Sanjaya is doing here as a gift. He's offering it as a gift without attachment. He's just offering it in love without attachment. And here we see Sanjaya is feeling so much joy. He's thrilled with a sense of wonder. And I was thinking it reminds me of uh, the saintly bird. He was called a vulture, some kind of vulture that's extinct now. The saintly bird Jatayu in the Ramayan. Remember, he tried his best to rescue Sita Devi from being captured by Ravana, and he failed. He gave his life, and Ram and Lakshman accepted him as their father and performed his funeral rites, just like a father, like, like they would do to their own father. And we, we also so often fail in so many ways. Actually, that's a topic for another whole class, right? Failure. Sometimes we learn more from failure than we do from success, right? I always say that to my grandson, Kirtan, that you know, he likes to play so many sports, basketball, soccer, and sometimes his teams lose. And I say to him, you know, we always like to win, but sometimes we learn more when we lose, right? So um, yeah, so what about Srila Prabhupada? He came to... Uh, the US, and he was prepared to fail. Someone once asked him, why did he decide to come to New York? And he said he gave such a charming answer. He said that, well, my god brothers went to London and Germany and failed. So I thought, if I'm going to fail, I would like to fail in a different place. <laughs> it's sweet, right? So, and then so Prabhupada's prayer to Lord Krishna on the boat when he arrived in the Boston Harbor. He says, somehow or other, O Lord, you have brought me here to speak about you. Now, my Lord, it is up to you to make me a success or failure. He was prepared to be a failure, but he wanted to try. Right? People, everyone in India say, said it's impossible. Why are you doing this? It's impossible. But he wanted to try. It was like a suicide mission, actually, you know? So in his helpless condition, he was actually feeling joy, thinking of how people would become happy by hearing Krishna's message. So my question for myself and for all of you is, how do we access that joy, that thrill, that sense of wonder, amidst, even amidst failure, helplessness, even death, like Jatayu, right? So it's said that joy springs from a grateful heart. And the sense of wonder is an appreciation of Krishna's gifts that are all around us. But when we're proud, when we're ignoring them, as in ignorance, right? We're asleep to the wonders, the surprises that are all around us. Someone named Charles Morgan 
Landbridge said that there's no surprise. I, love, I really love this. He said, there's no surprise more magical than the surprise of being loved. There's no surprise more magical than the surprise of being loved. So if we can wake up to the aliveness of Krishna's love that's all around us, we can begin to enter into that surprise, that sense of wonder. In Sanskrit, the word for surprise or amazement is chamatkar. And this amazement is the beginning of rasa, or the sweet taste of a relationship with Krishna. And that amazement or astonishment is the life of all relationships with Krishna. Think about it. Even a yogi who's in a more neutral um, rasa, we would say, or not even active relationship with God or Krishna, is experiencing a sense of wonder at the greatness of God, right? And that's the beginning. And then when someone advances, that sense of wonder and joy and surprise of how God or Krishna is wonderful begins to dawn on us, begins to dawn on a devotee more and more. Wonderful Krishna, right? Um, Srila Prabhupada named the sweet simply wonderfuls after wonderful Krishna. Your sweets are wonderful and your Krishna is wonderful. So the devotee becomes overwhelmed at how Krishna is beautiful, playful, and delightful, and he's particularly wonderful in four different ways. Um, according to the uh, study of the great acharyas. His wonderful flute playing, his astounding pastimes, his incomparable beauty, and his loving devotees. These are the four ways Krishna is most wonderful. And if we, any of you ever read Krishna book? Tenth Canto Srimad Bhagavatam? Good. All the people in the front row are raising their hands very low. Anybody in the back row is Krishna book? Okay, read Krishna book. Prabhupada gave Krishna book. He didn't know if he would have time to complete all the 12 cantos of Srimad Bhagavatam. So he gave us Krishna book so we would have Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan for sure. Um, and he gave them in a very special way, in a very wonderful way that made them accessible to all people. So this sense of wonder, this is the daily surprise of the simple residents of Vrindavan, Nanda Maharaj, Mother Yasoda, the coward boys, the gopis. They're always being, practically every chapter, this phrase is there, they're being struck with, thank you, what? They're being struck with wonder at the wonderfulness of wonderful Krishna. Practically every chapter mentions that. So the question for us today is how can we journey from our own Bhagavad Gita first chapter despondency of self-absorption to that Vrindavan realm of joy, surprise, and experiencing a thrill at every moment like we see in Sanjaya? That's the question, right? Um, Anutama Prabhu and I were recently in the UK at Bhaktivedanta Manor, which is the manor house that uh, is just outside London, and it was donated by George Harrison. And I always think, you know, George Harrison, he didn't really like institutions very much, but I think he would be really happy to see what they've done with, with that house he donated. So anyway, they have a sign. Um, they, have, they have something called the School of Bhakti there. They have a lot of education going on there. It's a wonderful community. And they have a sign in the hallway that's between the temple room and the shoe room. And the sign says, 
live in gratitude, give in compassion. I really like that. Live in gratitude, give in compassion. So being there for a few days and walking by that sign every day, it really made such an impression on me. So what is actually that school of bhakti? I was thinking actually the school of bhakti is actually the school of gratitude. Right? The school of bhakti is learning how to say thank you to Krishna for all your gifts in my life, in nature, in the world, and all around me. Right? It's really the school of gratitude. And I would say, what I would ask, what are the degrees that we get in that school of bhakti or in that school of gratitude? Like in ordinary school, you can get an MA, PhD, BA, right? But in the school of gratitude, the only degrees we get are degrees of aliveness or coming alive. And we can begin to wake up to appreciate, to be surprised, to try to live an um, awakened life with a conscious, a very conscious sense of wonder. Um, yeah, this morning I got a, a text message from Premananda Vilas, who's sitting right here. And uh, he, he just said something really nice to me. It was completely, it was a surprise. And I said, wow, I actually prayed to have a surprise today. So thank you for surprising me. And the class today is about being surprised. So please come. So I'm surprised he came. Thank you for coming. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so um, yeah, to, when we're awake, we can live in a constant state of amazement. And when we're living, um, when we're not living half asleep and dull and living in a jaded type of neglectful consciousness, um, we can become surprised. Um, and, and surprise. It's like a little seed of gratitude that can open the door to little glimpses of moments of more surprise and joy, right? We can try to expect less from others and appreciate more ourselves. It's said, there's a nice saying, expect nothing, live frugally on surprise. Expect nothing, live frugally on surprise. You like that? Good. So once again, something about so the great Socrates. Socrates. Socrates was very frugal. And still, he liked to go to the marketplace. And his students asked him, why? Why do, you go to, why do you like to go to the marketplace? You don't buy anything. And he said something really beautiful. He said, I just like to go to see all the things I don't need. <laughs> it's good, right? So yeah, expect nothing and live frugally on surprise. So again, back to Sanjaya. Here he is, he's, he's sitting in a palace room miles away from the battlefield. He's mystically seeing and narrating the conversation between Krishna and Arjuna. And he's narrating it to this selfishly motivated, spiritually blind King Dhritarashtra who just doesn't get it, right? He just doesn't get it. And Sanjaya is seeing it all live in, the, in his heart, right? In what Srila Prabhupada calls the television of his heart. So this is a beautiful mystic potency that if we make advancement in this journey of a self of, one, of wonder, we can also be seeing Krishna in the television of our hearts, 
Imagine that when you say, well, what should I do in this situation? And Krishna would just speak from the television and tell you what you should do. How beautiful, right? So Sanjaya is in ecstasy, and he says he's being thrilled at every moment. In Vrindavan, the residents see each pastime of Krishna eternally, again and again and again and again. And, and each time they see those pastimes, it's as though they're seeing them for the very first time. Imagine that. This is awakened, grateful consciousness of being continually surprised on the path of bhakti. Instead of, you know, like me, I know I can get in the mood, oh yeah, I saw that, I heard that a million times, you know, and just like shut off your brain, right? But to be aware of the treasures that are being gifted to us all on this bhakti path, if we just want to really, really deeply receive them. In the Bible, in the book of Psalms, it says that a grateful heart sits at a continuous feast. A grateful heart sits at a continuous feast. You know how excited we are when we know there's gonna be a big feast? Well, just imagine if we were sitting continuously at a feast. That's what it's like to have a grateful heart. Um, William Blake said, a grateful heart is heaven itself. So beautiful, huh? So yeah, what a surprise, a festival at every moment. That is Vrindavan life. And Krishna is so kindly inviting us, ourselves, such fallen conditioned souls as Srila Prabhupada describes us, to come and play with him in his very own personal pastimes of love. But he's so naughty, and he's so, he's so funny, and he's so loving, and he's so merciful, right? He's inviting us. Yeah, so um, I want to leave time for discussion. So in summary, if you like, if we like, we can try to keep our eyes open for these moments of surprise, to try to show our appreciation for Krishna and other people in our lives and express our gratitude and aspiring more for the, this mood of Sanjaya, remembering the sacred conversation with Krishna and Arjuna again and again, being thrilled at every moment. So these are a few thoughts on being surprised, being thrilled at every moment, a sense of wonder, a sense of gratitude. Thank you all so much. So, thank you. Thank you very much. So I want to ask all of you, what was a surprise for you here? Are there any reflections, or does anyone have any questions? What was a surprise? Yes, what was a surprise for you, Prabhu? I was surprised to hear that the first chapter of Bhagavad Gita had a different title than I was known. Yeah, that's the Sanskrit title. But it's uh, not Arjuna. the translation that Prabhupada has given. Prabhupada says, observing the ar armies on the battle of Kurukshetra, right? Ah. And in Sanskrit, it's Arjuna Vishada Yoga. That's the traditional Sanskrit name. Ah, okay. For, yeah, great. Anybody else have any surprises? What surprised you? Um, or what will surprise me? Robert. Gratitude isn't restricted to one area or a certain group of people. It was interesting that Socrates had the very profound comments on gratitude. Christian uh, faith has a, has a similar idea about gratitude. And it's one of these things that transcends all human beings mm -hmm. and that everyone has the same opportunity in gratitude to have this knowledge of a higher, a higher meaning, higher Beautiful. cause. Beautiful. Yeah. 
But yeah, still we don't take advantage of it. You know, still, you know, still I wake up in the morning and think, oh, I didn't get enough sleep. I don't make enough money at my job. I don't get enough respect in this family. My husband doesn't respect me. My wife doesn't respect me. My kids don't respect You know, what about waking up in the morning with, thank you, Krishna. You gave me another day. You gave me another breath of life, right? What, how can I use this day in your service? It's your gift, right? Not everybody wakes up in the morning, right? Some people die in their sleep, right? So how can I use this gift in your service today? Please show me, surprise me. What else? What else was a surprise for you? Or a disappointment, or a question, or an argument, a complaint? Does anybody have any complaints about this topic? Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. I'll be negligent if I don't share a few things I learned from you today. And Thank those you. were just a few, three words, is that the uh, <clears throat> Example you gave about George Harrison's place, I have never visited, but I'm going to visit, I want to visit that place now. Please do. The living Don't try visiting Anjan Mastami because I think something like, I don't know, 200,000 people show up for John Mastami. But anyway, uh, yeah. The living in gratitude mm. and giving in compassion. Wonderful phrase. I like that. Thank you so and much. And the other thing which I learned as an old man, I didn't know. Uh, and I spoke and learned Hindi from my, my very first life, is that chamatkar and surprise. And that is really sur surprise, and you are chamatkar surprise. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Chamatkar is a surprise. So we want to be surprised. We want to approach Krishna in that s sense of amazement. Not thinking, oh, I saw this Krishna before. He always plays the flute. Oh. He always stands in a threefold bending form. Oh, can't you stand in a different way? Oh, that reminds me of a really funny story that um, during the Rathayatra in New York, this was not this year, but one previous year, there's certain policemen who love to be um, given that, that uh, appointment to be there for Rathayatra. When I was there at Rathayatra this year, this one policeman, someone on the stage was saying, okay, put your hands up and put your one foot, and he was teaching the Swami step, right? He was teaching everyone. So I actually caught this one policeman who was standing in a group with other policemen. I caught him, and he was starting to do the Swami step. And I said to him, you're dancing. He said, no, no, I was just standing here. Like, but the story I really wanted to tell that's really funny is that one year at one of the Rathiatras, one of these New York policemen who were kind of famous for their funny, you know, cracks, he said, he said to one of the devotees, you know, I really like this festival. You, you people are so nice. There's no drinking. There's no drugs. There's no problems. There's no fighting. But I just have one question for you. And the devotee said, what's the question? And he said, don't you guys know any other songs? <laughs> That's funny, right? That's a surprise, right? So what else? What surprise do you hear? What do you have to complain about? What do you have to complain about? Maybe you don't want to go this path of surprise. Maybe you want to, yes. So my question is, you know, it's, it's always a good reminder to hear that, you know, you should take things with a sense of wonder. But how do you make it into a habit? Mm. You know, because it's kind of easy to 
forget or digress mm -hmm. and you know but to come back to this all the time mm -hmm. how do you make it into a habit okay I'll, that's a great question how do we make it into a habit i'll tell you what i do when i wake up in the up in the morning like we have so many rituals right we do rt sometimes people say you guys have so many rituals 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 we do rt we we bow down we do this we do that um why not Pray to Krishna, beg Krishna to make this a ritual because whatever we practice becomes easier. Whatever we practice, it becomes a sanskar, it becomes a groove in our consciousness and it becomes easier. So ask Krishna to remind you. You can even write a note on a sticky note. You can put it on your bed. Ask Krishna to remind me to thank him in the morning. Thank him for waking me up. So make that a ritual before jumping up or before thinking of all the things on your to-do list, all the things at the office they asked you to do, you don't have it done yet, blah, 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 blah. Make it a ritual. Before you jump out of bed, say, thank you, Krishna, for waking me up and giving me another day. Show me how to use this day in your service. And another thing that I've added to that little ritual is I ask Krishna, please let me be surprised today by something wonderful of yours. And I, I prayed that, and guess what happened? Premananda Vilas called and sent me a text and surprised me. So Krishna's, you know, sometimes I like to say, it's not really true, but I'd like to say, Krishna's kind of unemployed sitting in our hearts because he's just waiting for us to turn to him. And he follows us from life to life to life. I mean, imagine how many thousands and millions of births and how many ridiculous species we've traveled through and he'll still, like in the first chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, he's so silent. But he's there, like the two birds on the tree. He's just there waiting for us to turn to him. But we almost never turn to him. So what if we try to turn to him? What if we beg him, ask him, I don't turn to you. Please help me turn to you. Please remind me to turn to you. Tell me, I want to hear your dictation in my heart. I want to know what to do. I'm so bewildered every day. I don't know what to do. Srila Prabhupada said when he got off the boat in, in New York, he said he didn't know whether to turn left or turn right. Just imagine. So at those moments, to pray to Krishna, show me what to do. I, I want to hear your dictation. And make it a ritual. I think that's an important ritual to add to our list of so many rituals. You like that answer? Good. Good. What else? Anybody else have any questions or... Reflections, what was important? Yes, Premananda Prabhu. Thank, thank you for that wonderful talk. Um, I was wondering, I love the word wonder that you used to talk about surprise, but sometimes we also receive unpleasant surprises mm. in life. And uh, I'm curious how we can take the message of your talk and apply it to those moments as well. Thank you. How can we apply um, that sense of wonder to those? things that are not, we don't find to be so wonderful. So yeah, you know, um, people ask, when we talk about gratitude, so people ask, well, can we be grateful for everything? Well, no. We can't necessarily be grateful for everything. But I would say we can be grateful in everything. In other words, like, maybe some crisis just happened to me but maybe in reflection, as I look back, I can think that there were lessons that I learned in that crisis that I couldn't have learned in, another way, in any other way. 
You know, sometimes you hear people say, it's amazing, I mean, it's so counterintuitive. You hear people say, that cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me. How is that possible? Because some crisis or some tragedy brought them to a place that they would have never gone if they were happily la-di-da going through their life and the, on the path of success, right? So I wouldn't say we can be grateful for everything, but we can be grateful in everything. We can dwell, dwell in gratitude, in, in reflection on the lessons we learn. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you think, well, why does Krishna put so much suffering in this world? I mean, did he have to do that? Can't we just learn it an easier way, right? But he does put so much suffering in this world. And maybe it's because we're so complacent and we're so, um, you know, we're so proud. And we're thinking, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm so successful, I'm so wealthy. I, you know, like Kunti Devi's prayers, Janmaishvarya Shruta Shri Beer. She says basically what she's saying is we are intoxicated with our Janma, our birth, our Aishwarya, our power, Shruta, our high education. Maybe someone's very proud. I have so many PhDs, you know. Shruta Shri, my beauty. I can control so many men with my beauty. I can just walk through a room and all the heads will turn. So we're intoxicated by these things. And, and Kunti Devi's praying to, you know, let me come to a sober consciousness of loving you, Krishna. So uh, maybe that's why, you know, I always think of like, you know, the old cowboy movies where one guy gets shot and he's down, right? And his buddy goes, wake up, buddy. You know, they're coming, they're coming, wake up. You know, so sometimes we just need a little slap to wake us up to the reality that our time here is very finite. What are you gonna do with it? Time flashes, what is, uh, Mirabai says, time, time passes in, a, in an instant. Um, yeah, time passes in an instant. Get out of the uh, implacable river of time. You know, something like that, Mirabai's poem. So yeah, time passes in an instant. So what are you gonna do with your finite time? Um, are you gonna use it for high living and low thinking or simple living and high thinking, you know? What else? Somebody else have any reflections? Yes, back there in the back. He finds relation between... Between nishkam karma and uh, surprise, like uh, when you are doing your work without any expectation and you get, uh, like you never expected, then everything becomes surprise. Yeah, so. nishkama karma, yeah, when we're doing things without expectation of a result, right? So I, I think that, that kind of, what you're saying kind of points to the consciousness of this wonderful Sanjaya. He's just speaking what he's hearing in his heart, what he's seeing, what he's hearing, and just that he's not disturbed that Tridharastra is just not getting it. You know, he's just speaking it as an offering to Krishna, and he's thrilled even though his audience is not getting it. You know, once Srila Prabhupada in, in New York, the, the disciples were apologizing to Srila Prabhupada that they arranged some program and hardly anyone came, right? And Srila Prabhupada said, oh, you didn't see Lord Brahma there? You didn't see Narada Muni? <laughs> and then once he said, you speak to the spiders in the walls. If no one comes, you just speak to the spiders in the walls. This is, as you said, nis kama karma 
uh, activity, right? Beautiful. Thank you so much. What else? I think we have a little more time before we get cut off. Uh, thank you very much for your talk today. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, you know I, I, I ran into a, like an ungrateful situation recently, but like you said, it was like a wake-up call. And it's good that you know you said it's thrilling uh, to get into connection with Krishna again, even when you go through that phase. So every time I either come to temple or do japa by myself, it's just it's just a good experience to get back into that consciousness or the connection or the nectar, you know. Thank you. So thank you. Uh, thank everything you. was a reflection today. So. Thank you. That's a beautiful reflection. Yeah, and maybe you couldn't come back to that practice of bhakti without that. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Even more, it's stronger now, you know. Stronger now. Doing, so. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Very beautiful. Thank you. What else? Anything else? Hare Krishna Mataji, please accept my humble obeisances. It's Krishna. a wonderful, uh, means whole, whole classes filled with a lot of realizations. So here, definitely, Srila Prabhupada has shown us like everyone is transforming from most fallen state to the most sublime. So this is a real surprise for everyone. And everyone has to go through it only. <laughs> Whether it's a neophyte in initial stage, but it has to transcend. So everyone is going to be transformed like this. So Beautiful. it's a real surprise in everyone's lifetime. Yeah, that's the mercy of Krishna, right? He gives us so much time to keep choosing again and again to keep. Yeah, um, the Catholics have a saying that every, um, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. So, so much mercy coming from Krishna, right? He doesn't curse us to hell forever because of some mistake we made. He gives us another chance and another chance and another chance. How merciful is Krishna? Beautiful. What else? Any other reflections? What about the kids? What about the teenagers? Anybody else? Before I let you have some great wonder at Prashadam. Okay. Well, thank you all so very much. Thank you for, thank you for coming. Thank you for appreciating this wonderful path of bhakti given by Srila Prabhupada. Adiva.